listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. And what is up, Houdan Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media and DraftKings. And unfortunately, guys, this is not one of those victory recap pods where I'm going to be going wild about a win. And honestly, for a second, it almost looked like it was. I swear, when the Falcons fumbled the ball with about 50 seconds left, I thought the Saints were going to jump on that one, steal a win. And honestly, it would have been like stealing a win, especially with the way they played for the majority of this game. But there's a lot to talk about. You got Trevor Simeon's performance, what I made of that, the wide receiving corpse, which, man, I think if there is a rant to be had today, and I can't promise you guys there will be a rant, but if there is one to be made, it's going to come about that wide receiver group because I have big problems with that position group. There's also the defense to talk about. I know a lot of people are getting on the defense about the way they played, especially in the you know the tail end of that game. I'll get into that too as well. going to try and keep my composure for the first thing. But before I get into that and talk about the game, what I thought about it, what I think about the Saints moving forward, because I think when you're a team like the New Orleans Saints and you're in this wild card hunt, every game matters. And every game, you got to kind of look at the standings, kind of see what's going on. So I'm going to assess where the Saints are after this. But before I do that, just a quick message from our sponsor here, DraftKings. Football fans, if you're ready to score some free bets, you can with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you scores. If, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. You can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest throughout the NFL season. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code SUS, you guys will see it on the bottom of the screen. SUS for straight up Saints. You bet $1 on either team to score. Like I said, $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. You must be 21 or older to play. New Jersey, Indianapolis, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions apply. Gambling problem called 1 800 Gambler. So let's get into the Saints because they don't have a gambling problem. They got a wide receiver problem. And that problem needs to be addressed. And I know Saints fans for the next, I would say, 48 hours are going to tell me about Odell Beckham and how they believe Odell Beckham is going to come through and whether or not he's going to be there. I'm going to talk about that. But before I do that, let's talk about the Saints game because I will talk about Odell Beckham and give my uh, give my thoughts on that situation. But I think the rare takeaway for this game is that the Saints, one step forward, two step back. That was the mentality throughout this game. And whoever watched it, if you guys did, and I apologize if you guys had to watch the Saints game, you cannot find a better, I would say, motto for this game than that. One step forward, two steps back. You come out, Mark Ingram's running the football really well. All of a sudden, you have penalties that backs it up, drive stalls. All of a sudden, a couple more big runs. Kamara gets involved. Ingram gets involved. Then you have about a bunch of you know drops from your receiving corps because apparently they're getting paid to drop the football, not catch it, and that's becoming a big problem. And even the second half, it wasn't just the first half issue. Second half, specifically in that tail frame, you know, in the third quarter going into the fourth, Taysom Hill's heating up. You're saying, okay, maybe let's take some Cook. Simeon comes in. No chance. The guy gets absolutely smoked. It's a strip sack. Then Atlanta goes up 24 to 6. And even when you take the lead and somehow you're looking at this scoreboard and it is 25 to 24, they give it up. So again, every time the Saints had a little bit of momentum, killers, whether it was penalties, whether it was drops, just a sloppy game overall. The fact that they actually almost had a chance to win it, I would say, is more of, I would say it's two things. I think the Saints group is resilient which we've seen all year, but I also think it is part of 
the Falcons just being the Falcons. And I, I'm not even trying to be like, oh, you know, make a joke about it. That, that's just who the Falcons are. It's in their MO. But I think the Saints did show uh, some composure down the stretch. And I did tweet that I prefer a 24 to 6 loss. And I think as a fan, I prefer a 24 to 6 loss because mentally you can kind of just check out and it's easier to accept the loss because in your eyes, they didn't play well. And that's fine. When the Saints come back and all of a sudden they went from 24 to 6 with about nine minutes left to 25 to 24 with about one and a half minutes left, then the mentality switches. And as a fan, you hate it because then when you lose the way the Saints lost today, it's not just a bad loss to a bad team. It's a heartbreaking loss to a bad team. And that's just, you know, two stabs to the heart. From the analytical side, from the podcaster side, I will say, though, I do like that this Saints team does not give up. And I do think that a lot of things were, you know, you're going to look at this game, you're going to complain about the defense, you're going to complain about the receivers, I get that. There are some positives to take away, and I want to get into those before I get into some negatives because I swear I am about had it with this receiving core. I think Trevor Simeon, for the way today's game went, if I were to say who's to blame for this loss, he's not even in the top five of people that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to blame him. I think a lot of the blame for starters is on this receiving corpse. I think a lot of it also is on the same situational football. I tweeted about it before the game was even over. When you fail both two-point conversion attempts, you are going to put yourself in a bad spot. And you ask, I agree, Zach. You have Taysom Hill. At some point, if you didn't use him on the first two-point conversion, I think it would be wise to use him on the second one. Now, I know Sean Payton's smarter than me, so I want to preface by saying that, like, he knows more than I do, and I get that. But Taysom Hill's a hell of a football player, and I, especially in the red zone, I would say. And I think you should use him on two-point conversion attempts and just to not even give him a try, especially when it didn't work the first time. I find that very odd. So situational football was bad. The receivers were not playing well. I thought the defense at some points in the second half gave up, and it wasn't until the Saints' offense kind of gave them a little bit of life that they said, okay, let's go out and get this. And I, I give them a lot of credit for doing that. But again... If I'm looking at Trevor Simeon, I thought he was precise with the football. I thought he did a good job. I thought he was a game manager. Because what when I watched this game, not once did I say Trevor Simeon's going to be the reason we lose. And that's all you need to be. Because for more, more times than not, this Saints defense is going to be elite. Today, the Saints defense was an elite. That's the rare exception. Where it, you're probably going to need more out of a game manager like Trevor Simeon. On the flip side, I do think, though, that I'm going to walk away from this game and I say, if Simeon can play consistent, I think that I'm going to be fine. I think that I will be fine with what I see. So overall, guys, I'm okay with the way Trevor Simeon played. That's fine. What I'm not okay with is this receiver group. And I know we've been told a million times this year, and I'm sure Sean Payton will say it one more time for good measure, especially if the Saints don't get Old Beckham or Deshaun Jackson or any receiver who could catch the football. If the Saints don't get them, I'm sure we're going to hear, we really like the guys in our room. That is bullshit. I'm telling you from now that's bullshit. I know why the Saints kept their receivers the way they were. I know that they felt like their scheme can overcome talent because they've done it before. But the NFL is changing. And when you look at all the good teams in the NFL, all the good teams in the NFL have multiple really good receivers. Like even take the Bucs last week. And I know, you know, I bring up the Bucs. People will say, well, if, you know, those, the Bucs also the Saints, so why are you using them? The Bucs have Godwin, the Bucs have Evans, the Bucs have AB, the Bucs have Gronk. They just have weapons all over the place. And again, the Saints don't need to have weapons all over the place. But right now, your offense is Kamara save us, Mark Ingram run, run the football well, which the two of them have done a good job. But then what do you have? You have Kenny Stills, who came up clutch on the last drive, which was hilarious. But before that, Kenny Stills was awful. Like I, I, Kenny Stills was so bad leading up to that last drive 
that I was tweeting it and I didn't mean it to be like an overreactionary person. I was just like, he's off this team. I'm done with Kenny Stills. That's the way I looked at it. Now, I'm sure that last drive is going to be a little saving grace there. And the same thing for Adam Troutman. Before those last couple of drives, Adam Troutman this whole season has been nothing more than Josh Hill. And Josh Hills are really good to have. Do not get me wrong. But Josh Hills are not good to have when you draft him in the third round, when you trade up to get him. And every big play is a negative big play from Adam Troutman. If I take you through the big plays this year that Adam Troutman's had, almost every single one is a negative play. And yes, you can bring up the run blocks that he has, and they're excellent. So I'm not one of those people that says get rid of Troutman. I think we as a fan base, though, need to come to grips with who Troutman is. Troutman is Josh Hill. Maybe his ceiling is higher because he is more athletic, so I'll give him that. But for now, the idea that he could be a 600, 700-yard receiving tight end, that is out the window for now. And maybe he could earn that back, and, he, and it's possible. He's still young, and he's learning a tough position, but he's been bad. He's just been bad. That's the way it is. And the only receiver that I watched this game, and I was like, you know what? I think that he has been consistent throughout the season is Deontay Harris. Because Deontay Harris now, he has changed his playing style. Deontay Harris, when you got Jameis Winston, you're hoping for the big play. Deontay Harris now is coming back to the football. He's doing really well in the intermediate passing game, which, by the way, he's going to need to do because that's what Trevor Simeon's game is more so. Just on-time throws, 10, 15 yards, make a play from there. I think that's what's going to suit him best, and I think that is what we are going to see from Deontay Harris. So Deontay Harris... You are not going to be criticized here. I think Deontay Harris is the only guy on the Saints receiving corpse right now that I'm saying is perfectly okay. He's getting a pass from me. I love what Deontay does. And by the way, he was great on kick returns as well. The rest of the group, though, the year is 2021. You cannot have a receiving group that is this just talent deficient in the NFL. So... Now, now that Odell Beckham's going to hit waivers, I don't. the Saints are not going to put in a claim, in my opinion. I don't, I don't know if anyone's going to claim him, frankly. I really don't think he's going to get claimed. You're going to need to make a run after him. Now, I know a lot of you guys asked, does this game affect you know, their status with Odell Beckham? Can they, can they get OBJ? Does that change anything? I do not think for a second that... OBJ watch. First off, I don't even know what he's doing on a Sunday, but I can tell you OBJ was probably not watching the Saints Falcons game. The man probably has way better things to do, but I don't think this game changes anything because sadly this week nine has been so insane that you have the Cowboys that lost. You have now the Saints that have lost. First off, the bills have lost. The Raiders have lost. Now I know the bills and Raiders AFC doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but you have the Panthers. You are competing for a playoff spot. I would say you have them who they lost to the Patriots. You have the Vikings who are competing for a playoff spot. They lost to the Ravens. So a lot of these teams that are in position to potentially, you know, dethrone the Saints as a sixth seed or maybe just give them some pressure, none of them made up any ground outside of the Atlanta Falcons, which the Saints are going to play again later this year so they can kind of make up for that loss. And if you split with the Falcons, it stinks, but you'll take a split for sure. So I don't think this game is going to affect what OBJ does. OBJ is going to look at two things. OBJ is going to look at winning culture. The Saints have that. And he's going to probably look at quarterback. I, I don't know if he's going to look at this game and say, I want to play with Trevor Simeon. I don't think a lot of guys are just, you know, just dying to play with Trevor Simeon. But man, you look at the Saints receiving corpse, you know he's going to get targets. Like, I think that is probably the big deal. Like, I know a lot of people want to quickly just rip on Odell and say he's, you know, he's a baby and he's got this personality. And Odell does have a personality. But you know what's, what's really easy to kind of manage that personality? Get him touches. Do you know what this Saints offense needs? Someone who can take some touches off of Kamara, off of Mark Ingram, off of even Deontay Harris. 
So, yeah, I'm not expecting Odell, if he were to come to the Saints, to be Odell Beckham from his rookie season or his second season. No. But can Odell Beckham be Odell Beckham from two years ago? Even that much would be more than okay. So I, I really think that this game doesn't change much. I do think, though, it just hammers across the point, though, that you need receivers. Because how many times in that first half did Simeon hit Callaway and it's a drop? Or Simeon hit Troutman? I, I mean, Troutman got hit so many times in the hands that I was convinced this guy's out there playing with two broken hands because there's no freaking way you can get hit in the numbers that many times and you don't come down with the ball. It was just confusing to me. So they need a receiver. I don't care if it's Odell Beckham. I don't care if it's Deshaun Jackson. I don't care if it's both. I mean, that would be great if it was both. But they need people. And for anyone saying, well, they don't need personalities right now, this Saints team's playing with house money. And I think that's actually the beauty of this year's Saints team. Do you know why I'm not living over this loss? Because I didn't think the Saints were a Super Bowl team yesterday. I sure as shit don't think they're a Super Bowl team today. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm still not going to think they're a Super Bowl team. But do I think that the Saints are a playoff caliber team? Yes. Do I think that they need another receiver? Yes. Do I think that they are they have the potential to maybe play with fire and, and, and catch lightning in a bottle towards the playoffs that they get in? Sure, but there's so many ifs and maybes. That's why I'm not really worried over this game, and you could take a chance on Odell. And guess what? If Odell doesn't work out, and you're like, man, this personality doesn't fit in this locker room, guess what? The season's over in two months, so who gives a shit? Like, just take a chance. So I, I think they're going to go make a run after Odell if he clears waivers. Now, I don't know if he, if he will clear waivers. I think the fact that he didn't seek termination pay definitely increases the chances of him clearing waivers. So we'll see what happens there. But let's get back to the Saints team. I'll talk about Odell Beckham more in depth, guys, if he gets claimed or if he gets signed by the Saints. I will obviously go into that. But so far, what we got on this team is a lot of Jekyll and Hyde stuff. When the Saints are at their high, they can beat the Bucks, They can beat the Packers. They can beat the Patriots. And by the way, the Patriots are starting to look like a really good football team now. So that Saints win over the Patriots looks a lot better today than it did a couple of weeks ago, I would say. Just going to throw it out there because I think the Patriots are going to be a playoff team this year. So I think the Saints are that typical team where when they play up to their competition, they look really good. And then when they play down to their competition, you just want to claw your eyes out. And I think it's trying to find that balance. I, I, I don't know when they will, if they ever will this season, find that balance. But we'll see what happens there. As for the defense, I, I think that's an important topic. So a lot of people were ripping on the defense. And I swear, after every Saints loss, there's always one clown who goes, oh, Dennis Allen's a choke artist, or oh, Dennis Allen needs to get fired, or oh, you think Dennis Allen could be a head coach What they didn't win this game? Enough. Enough. Because we weren't ripping Dennis Allen last week when the defense only had a two-point lead and they got a pick six on Tom Brady. We weren't ripping the defense last week. And yeah, the defense gives up that big pass play to Cordell Patterson, and yeah, they probably should have let Cordell Patterson score, so at least the offense has a chance to win the game. You don't have that chance if he doesn't get in and you just kick a field goal with time expiring, so I get that. But to just... Pick and choose when you want to rip the defense. I think that's a bit unfair. And I, I actually did tweet about it, and I feel this way. I think the defense did struggle today, especially in the second half. And when you look at Matt Ryan's numbers, he had over 340 passing yards, two touchdowns, no picks. That is that is just too high of a number for the Saints defense. But I, I will say this. I thought the, the first half, the Saints defense was good. And they gave up 10 points, and I was okay with them giving up 10 points. Because guess what? If you just double that 20, you should be able to score more than 20 game, uh, points in a football game. The second half, specifically the third quarter and the opening of the fourth, I thought the Saints defense gave up. And then they turned on that switch at the end where Cam Jordan had a sack, Marcus Davenport had a sack, and I was impressed. But the one thing I don't understand, and I don't know what, maybe it's a mentality thing. The defense, for some reason, plays much better on the road. Playing well against Seattle, 
playing well against Washington, playing well against New England. Hell, you played Green Bay. It was technically a home game. You played in Jacksonville. You didn't play New Orleans. So I don't know what it is, but the defense has been much better when they're away from the Dome. I, I'm not going to say that's like cause for panic, but it does like, it, it catches my attention a little bit. It absolutely catches my attention. So all in all, what do I think of this Saints team? Because I think that's kind of like the two part of like, where is this team going from here? Because let's be real. You guys are going to forget about week nine in about a day. I mean, by Monday, everyone's going to be asking about the Titans game next Sunday and what goes on from there. And I get that. So what are the Saints? The Saints are five and three right now. If I were to hypothetically double their record, they would be 10 and six. And you're making the playoffs. And you look at their schedule. And I'm just going to think out loud here. Now, I know a lot of you guys are going to say, oh, but you can't guarantee wins. You cannot. So I'm just saying you can't. The Titans game, had Derrick Henry been active, I would definitely pick the Titans. Since Derrick Henry's not active, I think if you're a Saints fan, which you guys are if you're listening to this, I would watch the Sunday night game, Rams-Titans, kind of see what the Titans offense looks like without Derrick Henry. Because I think that's very fascinating. Because Julio Jones has been in and out of the lineup. You know he's going to play for the Saints game. You know he's going to play for the Saints game because he always does. But it's a lot of A.J. Brown, so you know Lattimore's got to be up for that. And you want to see how they look. So the Titans game, I'm not saying it's a win. I'm saying it's a winnable game. Eagles, man, the Eagles beat the Saints last year thoroughly. I would imagine the Saints are going to come out fired up for that game. Again, we'll see what happens, but that's a winnable game. Bills-Cowboys, can you win one of those? I think they can because those are two big games. And for some reason, the Saints, I feel way more confident if it's a primetime game with this team. For the last four years, when it's a big game, not including the playoffs, obviously. Just going to throw that out there. Not including the playoffs. A big regular season game. The Saints wake up for those. They wake up for those, and they are ready to go. So can they split one of those? Maybe. Jets? If you lose to the Jets, there's going to be problems. I'll tell you that much. Especially me. I'm in New York. So there's going to be hell to pay for that one. At Buccaneers, let's just assume you're losing that one, although the Saints have had the Bucs number for the last two years. Dolphins looks a lot easier today, folks, than it did a couple months ago. Absolutely looks a lot easier. Panthers. I think Panthers looks a lot easier than it did a couple months ago. And then Falcons. Falcons, that's kind of a, a gimme. Um, I would say it's a pick em, per se. Yeah, look, they beat the, the Saints today, but I would not be surprised if they split this series. So, does 10-7 and 7 make the playoffs this year? I think 10-7 and 7 is easily the five seed. Uh, the six seed, excuse me. I think 10-7 and 7 is easily the six seed. I have been under the belief that 9-8 and 8 is going to be the seven seed. So, if 9-8 and 8 is the seven seed, the Saints would have to finish this season four and five. They can do that. They can absolutely do that. Now, does this loss today sting? Absolutely, because if the Saints win this, they're actually in first place in the NFC South, and that's just wild to think about. But I don't think this is the loss that I look at, and I say, man, all right, I don't know about them making the playoffs. I think if you saw them lose this game and you told yourself that this this is going to cost them the playoffs, then I think you're just being a little bit of a hot take artist. And that's coming from me, by the way, and I got hot takes all the time. A lot of them freaking blow up in my face, if I'm going to be honest. So if you watch this game and you thought, I don't think the Saints are a playoff team, I, I think it's overreaction. I think the NSC, as top-heavy as it is, man, the playoff picture is really bad. Because who's knocking off the Saints in the playoff picture? Is it Washington? Is it Philly? Is it New York? Is it Seattle? Is it Detroit? Is it Chicago? Is it Minnesota? Is it Carolina? I don't think it's any of those teams. So I, I still think the Saints are a playoff team. Now, I think there are issues that need to be fixed. I think for starters, this offense needs to get Taysom Hill more involved. And I'm not saying he needs to start. I think Trevor Simeon has showed me enough over the last six quarters. Well, four plus three. My math's all over the place here, folks. So the last seven quarters of football that I've seen from Trevor Simeon, 
I've been impressed, actually. I think Trevor Simeon has looked like a game manager. And let's be honest, the Saints were asking Jameis Winston to be a game manager. Obviously, Winston is the best option for them. It's not even close because Winston's arm gives you that pop, that ability to kind of get those. I like to call them cheap touchdowns because you could score in a second and it's almost cheap in a way. Those are great. You missed that with Winston. But Trevor keeps him on schedule. I think Taysom Hill, though, is the X factor because I think Taysom Hill, when everything goes south for this team, for some reason, that's when he plays at his best. Like Taysom Hill's best games are when the rest of the offense is sleeping. So I think getting Taysom Hill involved more is imperative, especially with this receiving corpse being completely a mess. Now, if the Saints get Odell Beckham, the Saints get Deshaun Jackson. Now, I know Odell is the one you guys want. If they don't get Odell and they get Deshaun, you guys are going to be upset. I know that. But I think that that would really change just the identity identity of this team because the overall makeup right now is way too predictable. It's a lot of run. It's a lot of short pass. And you know what really bothers me about the short pass part? The guys are getting open now. At first, it used to be they weren't getting separation. Now, guys are actually getting open. They're not catching the football. And that is just something you can't fix. Because Sean could try and scheme guys open. They could work on different things during practice. But if you can't catch the fucking football, you can't catch the football. So that's a problem. That is that is something I don't know if that gets fixed. It was my concern coming into week one. And yet now we're going to go into week 10 starting on Tuesday. And my biggest concern is going to be I don't trust this receiving group. And I just think that's something we're going to have to live with for the rest of the season. That's just the way I see it. But obviously we'll see what happens. Now for the defense. I can't go off this and end this show without talking about T.J. Gardner-Johnson because T.J. Gardner-Johnson going down is not big. It is huge. And I think that if C.J. Gardner-Johnson has to miss an extended period of time or even the season, I think that changes a lot. Well, the good thing is you have Bradley Roby, and Bradley Roby will assume some playing time. And I think P.J. Williams actually in spot minutes has been excellent this year. But Gardner-Johnson in the first half played really well. And then after he went out, my Lord, Atlanta was just eating up the underneath plays. And the underneath plays cost the Saints a good bit because when you're on the underneath and you're playing the underneath the whole time, then it gives you a chance one-on-one Cordell Patterson to go over the top. And that is something that really, really messed the Saints, especially when it mattered most. So I I think Gardner Johnson's health is going to be huge. you got to hope that it's not a season-ending injury. I don't got anything for you guys right now on that. Whenever it comes out, I'll obviously tweet something about it. I hope it's not that severe. But we'll see. Again, I, I just think that if the Saints start reeling off a losing streak here, I'd hit the panic button. And I would love to be a little bit more animated about how sickening this loss was. But for some reason, this team decided to have that spark late in the game. And I guess the only thing I will say, it's almost like they learned from that Carolina game because week two, when the Saints lost to the Panthers, they just rolled over and took it. And they didn't roll over and take it for the whole game. This time, they did actually show some fight. And I think that's really important because... When you play these good teams, they're going to try and stomp on your throat. And I, I think the Saints did a good job of showing, at least for right now, you can't do that. Now, you're still lost. I'm not a moral victory guy. I never will be a moral victory guy. But I definitely think that is something that at least you could take away from this game and say that the Saints, there are some positives here. And I'm going to throw out one more positive, actually. And I thought this actually might have been the underlying story of this game. And I think that it won't get talked about because the Saints lost. And at the end of the day, all that matters is the win or the loss. I thought Brian Johnson did something really crucial for the Saints today. He had a 52-yard field goal. Why do I say that's really crucial? Since week four, Sean Payton went out to the media and he said, we have to be able to start hitting these long field goals. Or we need to at least have someone who can hit a long field goal. And Algic Rosas wasn't the answer. And Cody Doubledink Park, uh, Double Doink Parkey, Double Dink, that sounds wrong. Double Doink Parkey, he was not the answer either. 
And Brian Johnson, he played really well against Seattle. I was a little concerned with him because he missed an extra point against Tampa Bay. And then he responded today. He was two for two on his field goals. And again, you got to try and find small positives because you're trying to think of the grand scope of things. If the Saints have a kicker who can actually make 50-yard field goals from time to time, that changes it because you don't always feel like it's touchdown or bust to score points in this league, which has kind of felt like this the whole season for the Saints. Like that's been a big issue. Like I know the receiving group is bad and the Saints offense just isn't good this year. But the fact that there's so many drives that you're like, all right, we got to score seven because this kicker can't hit for shit. That's a problem. So if Brian Johnson solved that problem, at least that's one less thing we got to worry about every Sunday. So that, that is something that I'll take away as a little win here. So I see a couple of you guys in the chat. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, drop them in. I'll get them. I'll pull, up, pull them up on the screen. We'll talk about the Saints. But again, I think it's pretty clear. I think this receiver group is the worst in the league. I think that this team has a weird quality to them where I think they will bounce back next week. I think this is what they do. But it's the letdown over the off the emotional win that is the concern. You know, big win against New England, you lose to the Giants. Big win over the Packers, you lose to the Panthers. Big win, and I mean big win over the Buccaneers, and then you lose. So I think that is a big problem. It's coming off those emotional wins, you got to let down. But again, that's also the NFL. Like, if you go look at the Week 9 schedule, guys, every game was pretty much an upset, which is just wild. But again, if you guys have comments about the Saints, questions about this game, questions about where this team is going, questions about Odell, drop them in the chat. I'll put them up, and we'll talk about it. Felt like Quan was lost out there quite a few times today. Didn't look like he was last year. Yeah, I, I will say this, actually. I thought Quan Alexander this season has been fine in the games he's played. This was the first game where I thought Quan Alexander looked bad. Like, I, I thought Quan Alexander objectively looked like he had a bad game. Like, he did not look like he was in position. He was mad. Now, I will say this. He was matched up against Cordell Patterson, and I'm sorry. That's bad coaching because Cordell Patterson should never be matched up against Quan Alexander one-on-one. Cordell Patterson's really receiver. Patterson's a receiver playing running back. So that is a mismatch. But yeah, I agree. I think Quan had one of his worst games. So I think that that was definitely a concern there. Getting OBJ and Jackson would be nice at this point. Yeah, I think getting any of them would immediately help because I think the Saints, they're scheming guys open at this point. They're scheming guys open. No one's catching it though. And it's a problem. It's, it's an absolute problem. I think OBJ would obviously be the big one because I think OBJ you could do more with. And obviously just a better player. Like Deshaun... Look, I would take Deshaun. Like, I had a lot of Saints fans who told me Deshaun's washed up. Um, have you seen our receivers? I, I would take Deshaun Jackson. But you can do more with OBJ, especially in just the route tree. I, I think there's a lot that you can do more. So we'll see there. Do you think Juwan gets an opportunity as tight end one? No. I, so I think this is what I'll say about that. I don't know why Juwan was inactive. I'm, I'm very curious to know what the thought process was there. But Troutman, as bad as he was in the first half, had enough catches in the second half that I think that's going to justify them saying, like, we're rolling with Troutman tight end one. Troutman's going to be your tight end one for the rest of the season, come hell or high water. I just think that's how it's going to be. I, I feel really, really big about that. I want to hear your thoughts on time management, why we didn't try to waste clock at the end there. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, this is what I'll say about that because this is this is a big topic. This is the second week in a row now that people talk about Sean Payton's clock management. Last week... I ripped him, and then I went back and I watched, and I was like, you know what? I actually commend him for throwing the ball three straight times because you know what he thought? If we run the ball here and they use their timeouts and we kick a field goal, he's still going to have two minutes left, and it's Brady, and he'll only be down two, so who cares? If you go for it and you don't get it, and Tom Brady is down two with timeouts, 
I mean, who cares? You're still only up two points. So I was fine with that. This week, I, I'm not really mad at Sean's play calling because A, they scored a touchdown, and B, the Falcons had all three timeouts with two minutes to go. And I think that's what really screwed them. Had the Falcons had one timeout left, or maybe even two timeouts, then yeah, I think the Saints could wind that thing down where there's like 50, 40 seconds left and they're up. But they didn't have that luxury. So it was kind of whenever we can score, just score, and that's fine. So I didn't mind that. My concern was John Payne, if there is a concern, was the two-point conversion attempts. Because I think when you're a great play caller, and Sean obviously is a great play caller, there's just no doubt there, you need to have your best players in the best situations for the game online. Because I had the Saints got that two-point conversion, guys, this game's going into overtime. And overtime, I tell everyone this, overtime is if you win the coin toss, you probably win overtime. That's the way I look at it. Like, that's how much I hate the NFL rules for overtime. The coin toss dictates it. Nine times out of 10. So had they got one of the two two-point conversions, we're looking at an entirely different game because the Saints probably get this thing into overtime. Or the defense plays different, or, or maybe in Atlanta plays different if they're down three. I don't really know. I think it changes the complexion of the game. So I am very curious to see if the Saints moving forward, if they're in a similar spot, how do they approach the two-point conversion thing? Because that was terrible. I think Taysom Hill had to be used. He was not used. And I think that was very disappointing. But again, guys, you have other comments, concerns about the game. Even week 10, I'll even talk about week 10 if you want, although I think it's a little too far advanced because I want to see how Tennessee looks tonight against the Rams. But I think there are concerns about the Saints team. But again, I think the main concern or the biggest problem would be if the Saints lost and Trevor Simeon looked like another disaster. He didn't look like another disaster. Did he look like a star? No. Did he look great? No. Did he look good? Not really. But did he look okay? Yes. And that is the bar that we have to set this year. And I know you guys are going to laugh because it's so low, but if the Saints have a game manager, they're going to win more games than they lose. And like I said, I think nine and eight's a playoff team. You win more than you lose. You're at least winning nine games. I still think the Saints are finishing 10 and seven. I have felt that way this whole season. I will continue to feel that way unless they show me otherwise. This game does not change as much as you might think. But my Lord, I need the Saints to do something at receiver. Something. And I will throw this out here too. And I think some people are going to think it's uncalled for, but I, I really don't give a shit at this point. The Saints receiving group yet again shows why it's uh, absolute, just, I would say, a shame that the Saints and Michael Thomas couldn't get on the same page because this team needs him badly. They need him badly. And he's not playing this year. And I actually said last podcast, I'm glad that the clarity thing's over with because there was so much vagueness around Mike's timeline that now we know he's not playing this year. But had they been on the same page and they not maybe make him feel like he was treated wrong and had he not ghosted the team, which is just unprofessional, and he gets surgery in February or March, then he's probably playing this year. But he got surgery in June, had a setback. He's not playing this year. And guess what? The Saints can really use a wide receiver one right now. And that has been the biggest concern. And had the Saints had a wide receiver one this year, maybe they don't lose those. I'm not saying they they go undefeated. They're not. This is not. Again, Michael Thomas, I would say give the Saints. I I think he gives them another win minimum. I would say he's that valuable. But not having him just puts an emphasis on how messed up that whole situation got. And it really is very disappointing. It's kind of bothersome how we played in the Dome. That's supposed to be part of the reasons we win games this year. It's been a little different. So I tweeted this out, and it's it's no longer a hot take. This I'd rather watch the Saints play on the road. The defense plays better. There's a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. The Saints love to play the whole us-against-the-world mentality, but specifically on the road. When they're at home, they cruise control way too much. 
and they don't even good cruise control. Like the old Saints, like the offensive high-flying uh, high team, they cruise control, but they win. And this team, they cruise control, and it's almost like, I don't understand why you're cruise controlling. Your car's stuck in park because your offense doesn't move. So I think that is a, a really, really big problem. They can fix it, obviously. They still have uh, you know, a good amount of home games in the Dome left. But to your point, Garrison, I absolutely agree. The Saints got to be better at home because if you're not better at home, that's a problem. And, and I, the crazy thing is I thought that the crowd was phenomenal today. I thought that the Saints crowd, especially in the fourth quarter, I thought they were excellent. And that kind of makes sense because that's kind of when the Saints stepped up. But I don't understand for the life of me why they're better on the road right now. Just very confusing. Fingers crossed that we somehow draft Chris Olave. LOL, a man can dream. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Chris Olave is great. And I think the one thing I like about Chris Olave, and, you know, I know I'm going to sound wrong here. And if I am wrong, you know, I'll own up to it. I think Chris Olave is that type of receiver you draft and you never worry about him making a bad headline ever. Like, I just think that dude's just all about his business. Like, that's all he cares about is being about his business. And... I think the Saints are probably out of the receiver diva market, although it's kind of tough to find a receiver that's not a diva. All the great ones are. Like, they don't make Larry Fitzgeralds anymore. And that's okay, because I love that. I, I think I love that about receivers is they are at an 11 every every freaking play. At an 11 in terms of where they are emotionally. So I like that. But Chris Olave would be a dream for the Saints. Also, the crowd does not start chanting who that before the game is over, and every time they do that, we lose. Yeah, look, I guess I'm going to sound like Michael Scott here. I'm not really a superstitious guy. Like, I'm a little stitious, but I'm, I'm not really into it. Like, I, I was talking about it today. Like, Jonathan Vilma has called the two Saints losses in the Dome this year. And, I mean, I could say he's bad luck, but then that would be just stupid of me. I, I'm, trying, I'm trying very hard, guys, as I get older here, to not be so superstitious about things because... I can't like, I, I'm not going to let the Saints control my mood. That would just be, I mean, for 30 minutes, I just did right now. But after this, I'm enjoying the rest of my Sunday. Like, I don't give a shit if they want it, win or lose. It's not going to affect me, but uh, the superstitious stuff, it's funny, but man, I, we'll, we'll see. But anyway, I'll put it this way before I wrap up about two more minutes of this. I think that the Saints will be okay. I think that a lot of the overreactions are because they lost to the Falcons and everyone and their mothers hates the Falcons, and I don't blame you. We should all hate the Falcons. But they're still 5-3, and three, and that is without their left guard, without their quarterback, without their wide receiver, without, a, without their kicker, without a couple of defensive guys in and out of the lineup almost every other week. I, I think this team will be fine. I, I think this team will really, really be fine. And now if they lose to Tennessee, maybe we could reassess at 5-4. and four, Where does this team go? I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of go from there. But I, I do think that this team will be fine. I think they'll rebound. I really do. I, I really do. So I'm going to I'm gonna be a half-glass full type of guy today. If you guys don't like it, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe I'll be half-glass, well, half-glass empty, I guess, would be the other time. I'm, I'm losing my mind here, guys, as you can see. But, yeah, I'm still half-glass full with the Saints team. I think that they will be better next week. I think that the Titans presents an interesting challenge because I think the Titans have a really big-time spread-type offense with those receivers. And I think that Julio and A.J. Brown – I thought Lattimore, at least in the first half, was a little lazy. He will not be lazy against those folks. Like, you know he's going to come up and be ready for that game. So I'm excited for that. I'm also excited to see this team on the road because I think the Saints can use that. I think two games at home almost did them more bad than it did good in the sense that they got a little too comfortable. So the Saints have two road games now. And then after those two road games is where the season is really important. 
Saints got to they got to handle their business against the Titans and the Eagles because then you play the Bills and the Cowboys and shit can get out of hand if you do not handle those next two games. So if you're the Saints, take care if you can of Tennessee. I will preview that game later this week, probably like around Wednesday or Thursday, and then we'll go from there. But I am going half glass full. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, by the way, just posted a uh, a Bible verse. Now I'm gonna have to open up my Bible to see what it is. Maybe they'll tell us what his injury is. Ugh, I guess we'll see what happens there. Not really great in terms of uh, knowing my Bible verses here, guys. But anyway, half glass full. Saints are still five and three. I hate this receiving corpse. I thought Trevor Simeon went, was fine. And those are kind of it. Those are all you need to know. Simeon was fine. Wide, wide receivers suck ass. And uh, this Saints team, they got to bounce back against Tennessee or those going to be real problems. But I appreciate you guys tuning into this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, guys. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Just know the Saints are not alone because the Cowboys lost, the Raiders lost. And one more team. The Bills lost to the, the Jaguars. So, you know, Urban Meyer is going to get jiggy with it tonight. So, Saints lose. I'm still confident in this team. We'll kind of see what happens from there. But five and three, got to rebound. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll be back later this week with a preview for Saints Titans on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.